Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of our virtual uh, worship service at Marysville Church of the Nazarene. Um, it's good to be with you in a uh, internet virtual sort of way, and uh, we're glad that you are going to take a few minutes of your of your day here just to worship with us uh, and to kind of focus our attention on Jesus. Uh, and so. Uh, this morning, I just want to remind everyone that next Sunday, a week from today, on Easter Sunday morning, we obviously can't gather together like we normally would and celebrate on Easter, but we feel that it's important to still celebrate and to still gather together in some way, and so we are actually going to be doing a drive-in uh, church service on Easter Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We're just going to invite you to come with your family stay in your car in the parking lot. We're going to have a stage set up. We're going to have music. We're going to have, we're going to dig into the word. Uh, we're going to celebrate resurrection because we feel it's important to celebrate in some way. And so just wanted to remind you that 11 o'clock next Sunday in the parking lot, uh, drive-in church service. Uh, a couple things we do want to remind you, we will not have access to the church building uh, for restrooms and things like that, so keep that in mind. And then we would also invite you to bring your own communion elements. Um, we want to celebrate the resurrection by participating in communion. However, due to safety concerns, we won't be able to administer and distribute elements. So we would certainly invite you to bring your own elements, uh, some, some grape juice, some crackers, bread, whatever that may look like you and your family feel free to bring that with you and then we will uh we will we'll have a communion service there at easter but we look forward to uh, at least seeing you through the car and being able to wave to you and worship somewhat together in that way next sunday uh, before we before we jump in and, and sing some some songs together and worship through song i just want to speak uh, just a few minutes specifically to uh, our, our teenagers um our, our teenagers, you guys, just like everyone else, is, is kind of going through this very strange time. Uh, most of the things that you're used to have suddenly been kind of stripped away from your lives or at least changed in some sort of way. There's no more sports. There's no more band concerts. There's no more extracurriculars and things that are taking up your time and things that you do. Uh, there's no more hanging out with friends in a physical way. There's no more last year of junior high or there's no more last year of high school. And, and, and so there's no senior prom to look forward to. And this can kind of lead to some discouragement and some frustration. Uh, it can lead to loneliness and anger and, and fear and just uncertainty of, of what is going on and what the, the near future may hold, but I just want to encourage you as teenagers this morning, as we go through this service, we're going to be digging into a particular passage of scripture that, that will be read later, but it's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and it's when he is kind of struggling with uh, the reality of what his very near future held, and it's knowing that he is headed towards the cross, uh, and, and, and you see this interaction between uh, Jesus and God the Father saying, if there's any other way to do this, I would love to do that. And then he ultimately says, not my will, but your will. But in that moment when, when Jesus is there in the garden, um, he is 
what I think he does so incredibly well is he shows us his humanity, that Jesus was a human and that Jesus felt things and had emotions in the midst of a very difficult and trying time. And so what I want to encourage you in, uh, in this moment, teenagers, is this. In the midst of you feeling whatever you're feeling right now, um, whether that's whether that's uncertainty or just, uh, just fear or uh, anxiety, whatever it is that you may be feeling, I want you to know that Jesus feels that with you. Jesus ha- show, has shown us that he experienced those things as well. And I don't mean that to be some sort of fluffy kind of idea that, oh, Jesus knows what we're going through and Jesus experienced this and so everything's going to be okay and I don't need to feel those things anymore. I don't think that's what Jesus is doing here. Jesus is showing us that it's okay to feel those things and to experience those things. And even in the midst of feeling those things, Jesus is right there with us. And Jesus has felt those things too. And so it's my prayer for you teenagers, but also for you uh, adults and parents, and that in the midst of this we can find comfort in knowing that Jesus feels these things with us. Jesus was a human who experienced these things with us. He's right there with us as we are going through this time of uncertainty. And I hope that's encouraging to you this morning. Well, we're going to sing together. Uh, Amy and the team is going to is going to lead us in a few songs. So I would invite you, whatever that looks like uh, for you, wherever you're watching this in your home, um, whatever that looks like, would you join with us as we worship together?
Almighty and ever-living God, in your tender love for the human race, you sent your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to take upon him our nature and to suffer death upon the cross, giving us the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may walk in the way of his suffering and also share in his resurrection through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. 
know about you all, but I have really enjoyed um, the worship time with Amy. I think that was one of those moments that that very first time that she did a live from her house, I just felt, I felt connected again. So um, this month, we are starting a new series, and this series is going to be all about challenges and fear and how we respond to those in our lives. Um, when we don't know what's going to happen next, it's, it's hard to trust. And we're all kind of in this position right now where we just, we don't have the answers to all the questions that we have right now, and we all are just experiencing those moments where things are not going the way we planned, vacations have been canceled, school looks totally different. And in the midst of that, it can be, it can be easy to kind of start to um, fall into some fear. And today we want to focus on how we can trust God instead. So I want you to think for a moment about some people in your life that you trust. And um, the beauty of this is you can even pause and come right back to this if you want to talk about that as a family. But who are some people you trust? Why do you trust them? What, what has developed in your relationship that lets you know that that person is someone that you can trust, um, you, that you're willing to listen to and maybe even to obey, even if they're asking you to do something that you don't want to do or you don't understand? Um, we find Jesus in a relationship here with God, and he's here in the Garden of Gethsemane um, in our story today. And he's in this position where um, he is having to really trust God, um, trust him to be with him and trust him to sustain him for what will happen next. So um, the, the word Gethsemane actually means olive press. So I brought some olives today. Um, and olives were a really important um, crop in Jesus' culture and time. Not so much because they ate them, which, I mean, they did, but because when they were pressed and crushed and smashed and squished, something came out of them that was far more valuable, and um, they produced olive oil. So olives kind of have this symbolism of being something that, are, um, that something really good comes out of when they are pressed and crushed, and um, the process of making olive oil is not a pretty one. They are ground up over and over, and as they are ground, what comes out is something that is far more valuable in the oil. And so Jesus was pressed to his limits. As he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he is he's pressed to his limits. And I think that a lot of us are there too. We are squished in houses together. We are unable to do the things that we are used to doing. And um, Jesus' response to that was um, determination. He decided as he was there praying, that it was not going to be his way, not his will, but he was willing to continue to follow and to walk in his Father's will. And so um, when we're in the midst of all of this, like Jesus, we have some options. We can either give in to the fear, which can quickly just spiral out of control and overcome us, overtake us, or we can, um, can kind of look and follow Jesus' example and trust that God's going to be with us and commit to following him even as we're walking through a situation that we could never have prepared for and that we don't really understand fully. So this month, our memory verse is Hebrews 12.2, and your kids are going to be learning some um, great signs to help them remember that. But I love this verse because it says, um, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of faith. So as we're sitting here, trying to figure out what to do next, I would encourage you to, um, to join us, to join me as we fix our eyes, as we make a choice to look to Jesus, look to his example, 
as we um, struggle to figure out what to do next. Jesus trusted God, and that example shows us that we can also trust God no matter what in every situation. So we might find as we are trusting God that um, he's taking this situation that is pressing us, crushing us, and he is growing our faith, he's growing our trust, and that is far more valuable than even this olive oil. So I invite you to maybe push pause this morning with the people that you're watching with. Um, discuss maybe some good things that you have already seen coming out of this situation. Um, or maybe you can talk about the things that are really crushing you and pressing you the most right now. Because I think that those discussions are really going to be what get us through and what help us to connect and to, to be there for each other. So push pause. Have those discussions. Don't worry. I'm going to be right here. Um, well, actually, Paul's going to be right here next to uh, share a little more with you. So we love you. We miss you. And as always, I'm praying for all of you. Well, welcome back to another virtual church service. It's good to see you all. I see Karen Thomas has her coffee, and she's sitting over there. Good to see you, Karen. It's good to see Ter Terry Moore. Yeah, I hear your amens, Terry. It's good to see you. I see Gene McBride's rocking the suit, even in his living room. Good to see you, Gene. Brian Nurick's in some sweats that maybe need to be retired. Brian, you can go ahead and retire those sweats. I, I see Kevin Green sit back in his recliner and he's relaxing. It's, it's good that you can relax. It's, it, it's going to be difficult, I'm afraid, to get some of you back to church after you've gotten used to um, being in church in your recliner in your living room. I, I hope you come back when the doors are open. But it's definitely different times and, and we're living in a, a different age, at least for the time being. Uh, we're, we're stuck in our home, and, and some of us like it, and some of us don't. I, I know my dog Kobe's not a fan of being stuck with us at home. Here, here he is. Hello, Kobe. What do you want to do today? Just want to sit there? We'll go for a walk? Want me to leave you alone? Yeah, Kobe's not used to being with us that much, and 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 we may be driving him crazy. See, we're we're, we're Terry's a, a second shift person. I'm a first shift person, and, and Spencer's a third shift person. So that means that Kobe's not getting enough sleep, and and so he's getting a little bit tired of seeing us. And and maybe you're getting tired of being homebound as well. It's it's definitely a different age and uncertain times, and in a lot of ways, it's scary times. We, we see some of the reports out there as far as this virus and, and how many may be affected and, and how may, many may face death. And, and, I, and I'm sure many of you are sitting out there and you're, you're just scared about what might happen. Uh, at least you're feeling this sense of uncertainty. And, and the scripture today will help us as we deal with uncertain times, how we respond to uncertain times. I'm in Matthew 26, 36 through 46. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken away from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it's possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. You know, I appreciate this passage. Uh, this passage has a lot of significance to me because I appreciate that Jesus is not beyond grief and uncertainty. For verse 37, it talks about his grief and his distress. Verse 38, it says he's deeply grieved. And this is a deep grief. This is not I can only get drive-through grief. This is like losing someone you love. All of us have experienced that. Someone close to us has died. And, and, and we can relate to that ideal of losing somebody that's close to us, that we love, and the pain that we feel. Jesus is hurting to the core. The, the context of this scripture should help us as well. It's, it's, it's the time of the Last Supper. It's this intimate time, this intimate supper with the disciples. He, he, he takes them to this private garden, and he invites them to pray with him, to really pray for him. As I am aware in scriptures, this is the only time Jesus asked this, that the disciples pray for him, that they stay up with him, and yet they sleep. Can you imagine how Jesus is feeling? He's feeling alone. He's feeling abandoned by his friends. He's feeling overwhelmed. He's feeling frightened. A little bit uncertain about what the future holds. The, the truth is, this could be a description of many now hearing this message. But not only this, Jesus is desperately seeking the face of the Father. Ultimately, he says, not my will, but yours. He says this three times. He, but, but he's asking for the Father's assurance. Nowhere do I see this assurance given. Now, nowhere do I see God speaking from heaven or a sign given. Now, nowhere in this passage do I see Jesus reassured. I believe the silence has begun. That the Father is not speaking as clearly to the Son and this is going to culminate on a cross where Jesus says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Ultimately, Jesus gets up. And, and when he gets up, it's, it's not because he's reached some level of assurance. Jesus gets up because they're there to arrest him. And Jesus, in his fully human emotions, Jesus simply trusts. Not my will, but your will. See, this is the power, the significance of Jesus in his humanity, that it's not in the easy times, but the difficult times that Jesus says yes to the Father. He's not frozen in any sorrow. He's not frozen in his uncertainty, but he's willing to move forward in faith. Mara shared this verse earlier. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. 
For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus shows us how to have faith. And yet Jesus is fully human, fully experiencing his emotions. And yet in the midst of these emotions, he says yes to God, even though it wasn't what he wanted. And even though he was perhaps uncertain and frightened, even though he didn't receive a confirmation from the disciples, even though God didn't give him any new assurance, he was trusting without all the answers. And Jesus invites us to embrace our humanness, not, not our broken, have to have it our own way, have to know everything before we move humanness. This is the nature reflected from the first garden, from Eden. This is what we inherited from Adam and Eve. It's not how God designed us, though. God designed us and created us to have the ability or the desire to simply trust our Heavenly Father without knowing all the answers. And this is the nature of trust. This is the nature of faith. Trust and faith moves us past our fears, our uncertainty. Faith and trust moves us past the unknown. It's what the writer of Hebrews was talking about when he says, Now faith is, the com is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Jesus invites us in his humanity to move forward with faith even in the midst of uncertainty. Now there's one more thing I want you to see here. and I, I think it's an important thing and I want you to stay with me. We affirm that Jesus was fully human. He fully experienced life like you and I. It's why he is our example. But Jesus was also fully God. There's a mystery in the Trinity, and there's a mystery in Jesus that he's fully God and he's fully human. That the same night that he prayed in the garden, he tells Thomas, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so Jesus asserts not only his humanity, but his deity. Well, when Jesus prays, not my will, but your will, Father, in the garden, he's not only showing us the perfect example of what it means to be human. He is demonstrating the very character of God. Now, we miss this. The, the, the truth is, oftentimes at the cross, we see Jesus as the submissive son, and then we see the Father as this vengeful angry despot seeking revenge inflicting harm yet the truth is Jesus is reflecting the character of God the Father on the cross look close and you will see this in the Father a couple of weeks ago we talked about the parable of the prodigal son and the parable of the prodigal son that the, the father scorn shame and he's not afraid of what anybody will think about him and when he sees the prodigal returning he runs to him you see it in Isaiah 49 16 see I've written your name on the palms of my hands that's not what a master does that's what a slave does and and God the father describes himself that way in the Old Testament he says listen I've written your names I belong to you on the palms of my hand. Listen to how Jesus describes his father. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God running to us, God submitting to us, God giving for us. See, this is the nature of the Trinity. That the Trinity eternally exists in mutual submission to one another. In Gethsemane, Jesus is bringing together the proper human character of submission and love and the nature of God, which is submission and love. It's humanity and God submitting together, bringing reconciliation. See, see God is not inflicting his kingdom on us. That this is not a kingdom of conquest or power. It's a different kind of kingdom. God is inviting us to participate in his kingdom of mutual submission, trust, and love. One more scripture. And it's an invitation from God. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant in being made in the likeness of men. Some believe the although in this passage, where it says although he existed, could be replaced with because. Because Jesus existed in the nature of God, he emptied himself. See, the nature of our God is to love. The nature of our God is to submit. The nature of our God is to come to our rescue and not wait for us to come to him. Because Jesus possessed the divine nature, he was willing to empty himself. And he invites us to take on our full humanity and be willing to submit ourselves to the Father so we can live in this kingdom of mutual submission. What can I promise you? I don't have all the answers. I can't even say for sure everything will return to normal. I believe it will. But I can promise you this. God will not lead us anywhere God is not willing to go. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the cross for what it means. We're thankful for Jesus fully God, fully human. And on the cross, Jesus reconciled us with the Father. And by his example, we recognize that you want to redeem us not only in the life to come, but in this place, that, that your kingdom wants to break in on this earth. That this is not a kingdom by force, this is a kingdom of submission, of humility, of grace, of love. So, Lord, I ask, I ask you to help us to see where we fit in your plan right now. But, Lord, even if you don't give us precise direction, Lord, may we continue to walk in obedience to you, even in the uncertainty. I pray your blessing on, this, on the, the city of Marysville, on Marysville Church of the Nazarene. I pray that you'll be with our people, that you'll guide us. And as we, as we go through this new normal, may we find ways to bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless, folks. See you next week.
Berlin, Michael. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. We're just winging it. <laughs> Right, <laughs> Just kidding.